0: Hey, Leibowitz family tradition in uh, not really a family tradition, only in my immediate family, uh, where every summer I take my sons on a uh, trip somewhere, usually to different ballparks throughout the country, so we are the masters of the uh, Continental breakfast. We know how to find all the kosher food and make the continental breakfast turn into three meals a day. Now, one of the because it's free, right? Get it? Okay. So one of the uh, one of the elements of the continental breakfast that uh, that has to be dealt with really whenever anybody goes to a hotel is not only to make sure that the food is kosher, but one thing you know for sure is that the kalim are not kosher. So are you allowed to have things in the kalim that they provide at a hotel? So let's say I just want to have a little. Um, a little chocolate uh, pastry or something, or cheese pastry, any kind of pastry, it doesn't really matter. It's not hot, it's not even hot. Can I put it in a hotel plate? The hotel plate is definitely not a kosher plate. So I would always imagine, of course you can, what could possibly be the problem if there's no heat? One of the basic rules of idea is taste does not transfer without heat. But it is not so simple. So here's, here's how it goes. There is a Gemara in Chulun Davkhov Zayin Amaral. The Gemara tells us, first the Mishnah tells us, You're allowed to put meat and cheese in the same bag as long as the meat and cheese don't touch each other. Uh, then the Gemara says, What do you mean as long as they don't touch each other? Who cares? If they touch each other, what difference would it make if cold meat and cold cheese Touch each other. It shouldn't matter. It's cold. Touching cold. No time is transferred. It shouldn't be a problem at all. Abaye says a very simple Ha'ara. If you hold a piece of cheese in your hand, and then you put down the piece of cheese. What does your hand feel like? A little film or something on your hand. You take a piece of meat in your bare hand, you put it down, you feel a little something on your hand, so it stands to reason that if the meat and the cheese touch each other even though there's no time transferring, there's something, there's that uh, something that's going, that's going to be left on the surface of the other. There will be some meat left on the surface of the cheese, some cheese left on the surface of the meat, and therefore, you need to rinse them off. You need to wash off the meat or wash off the cheese before eating it. And this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, it's Sadi Aleph, Sif Aleph of Yaradeya, Basur, Gvina Mutarim, Makam If meat, cold meat, cold cheese, touch each other, it's fine, but you do need to rinse it off. You do need to wash it off uh, to make sure that... Uh, that no residue remains from one on the on the other. So that's wonderful, and that makes perfect sense. What in the world does that have to do with plates? So says the Shulchan Aruch in Sif Isert any time you would have to rinse something off, like taking kosher, cold, meat and putting it in a non-kosher cold plate. You're not allowed to do that lest you come to eat it without rinsing it. If it's something that you would rinse anyway, let's say an apple or a piece of raw meat, where you would always rinse it before using it anyway, then it would be mutter, because we're not so concerned that you're going to forget to do Hadacha. But look what the Shulchan Aruch is telling me. He's telling me that if I take a piece of cold meat and put it on a non-kosher cold plate, that that would normally require adacha, and therefore I'm not allowed to do that l'chanchila. It's a double chiddush. First of all, that it would require hadha, because how did we just explain the requirement of rinsing? That there's some residue left on it. Well, yeah, the, the, if I put a piece of cold kosher meat on the non-kosher plate, a little bit of the residue of the meat will end up on the plate, but I'm not eating the plate. Well, what am I concerned about? That uh, a residue of a plate will end up on meat? A plate doesn't have residue? What in the world is that talking about? The halacha in the Mishnah was about meat and cheese touching each other, not about plates at all. So this is that's Chiddush number one, is that there's even any concern over here. Chiddush number two is that if you're going to require Hadacha, then you're not allowed to put yourself in that position, the to require Hadacha. The Charchila, you're not allowed to create a situation where you will then need to uh, to rinse it off. That's the second The second Chiddush. Shulchar doesn't explain Explain What kind of plate he's talking about, what all of this is about. So, there are three basic opinions to understand this halacha. The first opinion is the sheet of the Ramah, and the Ramah is the most machmir of the three opinions. The rama adds on to the Shulchan Aruch and he writes, lachluchis ktsas. It has to be something that's a little bit moist. If it's totally dry, like a pastry, probably, depending on the pastry, sometimes it's totally dry, like a cookie, let's say, would be totally dry. If the kli was was never in contact with hot non-kosher food, the only non-kosher food the kli was ever in contact with was cold non-kosher food, and the food you're putting in the kli is totally dry, that's okay, says the Ramah. But that's a very high standard. What does that mean? That if I go to the hotel, the plates that they have in a hotel, when I go, you you stay at one of these uh, residence inns, let's say. So you open up the cabinet in the hotel room, and there are plates there, right? There are forks, there are knives there. Were they ever used with hot? Probably. Yeah, probably. At some point, they were probably used with uh, with heat. So according to the Ramah, I'm not even allowed to put cold kosher food in, that, in, in, in those plates, in those utensils. So if I want to have a bowl of cereal when I'm staying at a residence inn, and I'm not biased to Marriott or anything, it's just the one that's coming to, uh, to my mind, but if I, want to use, if I want to have a bowl of cereal, I may not use their bowl or their spoon, according to the Ramah, because I have to assume that that bowl might have been used with hot and if the bowl was ever used with treif hot, then I'm not allowed to use it even for kosher cold. That is quite a chumra. So uh, that is shita number one. Shita number two is the shita of the taz. The taz in Sivkat and Gimel changes the girsa in the Ramah Because the Ramah, in the way we have it, has the word davr yavesh appear twice. So uh, the taz points out, The Ramah sounds like he's telling us this extraordinary chumra that even if what you're putting in the plate is totally dry, if if it's uh, you you, you can't put it in a real tray plate. You can only put it in a plate that only came in contact with cold, non-kosher food. So, says the Taz, that's so strange. He says, he says, first of all, it's not true, it doesn't make any sense. And second of all, the Lashon of the Ramah doesn't make any sense. He says, that's a Lashon Miut, sir. It's an extra Lashon because he already mentioned that it's a Lashon that we're talking about. Long story short, says the Taz, the, he thinks what Rama really means to say is that meat that was placed on a clean, non-kosher plate does not need to be rinsed if either the meat is dry or the plate became non-kosher from a cold source as opposed to from a hot source, meaning you only need one or the other. Whereas the simple reading of the Ramah implies you need both. You need the Kli to have never really touched hot non-kosher, and you need the food that you're putting in it to be dry. The Taz makes it sound like, the Taz assumes, no, you don't need both, one or the other. Either the food you're putting in the Kli is dry, let's say dry cereal, then the Kli could be and you could put dry cereal or a cookie in the Klee, or if the Klee was never used with any hot non-kosher food, then you're even allowed to put moist kosher food in the Klee, uh, again, provided that it, is, that it is cold. So according to the Taz, when I go to a hotel, I go to my residence inn, and I want to have a pastry, and I, want, I don't want to get crumbs all over the place, so I take a plate from the cabinet. Is that okay? According to the Taz? Yes, but what if the pastry is moist? Then not okay, right? Comes along the shach in Sifkatan Gimel, and the shach asks on the simple reading of the Ramah and on the explanation of the Taz, that it doesn't make any sense. We never find that cold meat, even if it's moist, gets any flavor from a cold plate. You're talking about a clean plate over here. How's it absorbing any flavor from the plate? How's the plate leaving any residue on your meat or on your pastry or on whatever it is that you're putting in the plate? It doesn't make any sense. Furthermore, points out the shach, the Ramah himself in Simon Kufra Sif he writes that let's say you buy non-kosher utensils why would you buy non-kosher utensils some people like to do this they go on ebay and they find good deals on silverware or whatever my father-in-law does this all the time he goes and he finds like a good deal on a piece of silver or whatever so it's non-kosher that's okay what do you have to do with it when you buy non-kosher utensils from a non-jew two things you have to tovel it and it. which one comes first Toveling or kashering? So the Torah quotes in Machlokas Rishonim that Rajbam writes, You have to kasher before you tovel. Because if you tovel while it's still traif, it's kitovel the sheret's biado. It's like toveling while it's still holding on to, uh, to the source of tumba, while it's still holding on to the So that cannot be done, says Rashbam, you have to kasher, then tovel. Comes along the re and he says, Nah, yachola had bilant you could tovel it first. If let's say you only want to use it for cold, you bought this nice silver dish, all you want to use it for is a challah tray or something like that. You're, just putting cold chala, you're not putting hot challah in there. You're just putting cold things in there anyway. So tovel it and use it. It's fine if you're only using it for cold anyway. When you later decide that you want to use it for something hot, then you kasher it. But in the meantime, it's perfectly fine. So says the Shach, what what, what do you see? That you're allowed to put cold, moist food on a non-kosher plate, even though that non-kosher plate is really not kosher. It was bolea b'chamin. It absorbed this non-kosher flavor with with heat. So the Shach says, he argues on the simple reading of the Ramah, and he he argues on the Taz, and he says that if the non-kosher plate is mamish, clean, and your food that you're putting in it is cold, it doesn't make a difference if your food is moist or dry. It's totally fine. You're allowed to eat it. There's no need to rinse it. It's, uh, it's perfectly fine, which makes a lot of sense. What's the case that the Mechab is talking about, where you have to rinse something that was put in a kli that was cold if the kli was dirty? If the clea you know, you open up that shouldn't happen at a residence, right? You open up the cabinet, you take out a clee. If it's got like a film on it, it's, got, it's it's dirty, yeah, that's when you would need to rinse it. That's what he was talking about. But if it's clean, it's totally fine. Generally speaking, Makhloka Shach and Taz and Yaradeya, we always pass in like the shach. So it makes sense. So we're going to pass and like the shach over here. That uh, so according to the shach, I go to the hotel and I'm at the continental breakfast and I'm figuring out how to eat the kosher pastries because the pastries are most of the time kosher. If you go into the back to the kitchen and you see the boxes, they usually have no u on them, but you have to check. You can't assume. You have to check. So uh, you know. So I, I want to put it on a plate. So according to the according to the Rama, absolutely not. According to the Taz, if the pastry is moist. No, and according to according to the shach, even if the pastry is moist, fine, it's mutter. So we pass on the shach; everything's mutter, but not so fast, because then the shach adds one more one more detail, and he says, "Mi who This is only if you can use it a little bit here and there. tamish keva, but if you're going to use it on a more consistent basis. You're not even allowed to put cold food in a clean, non-kosher plate if it's going to be on a consistent basis. Because we're afraid you might, you might put that plate in the microwave. You might put something hot in that plate. So we don't want you doing this on a consistent basis. So according to the shach, the shulchanach that says that you're not allowed to put a cold piece of meat on a non-kosher plate, it was talking about a plate that had bits of residue on it. If it does not have bits of residue on it, you're allowed to do it derech aray, but not derech keva, which then begs the question, how do we define what's called derech aray and what's called derech Keva. So Rav Shechter brought a raya from a mishnah brura that a raya means once every thirty days. So if you use it only once every thirty days or less, that's called derech Rai. More frequently than that is called derech keva. Uh, okay, what if I'm staying in a hotel for two nights? Can I use the same plea two days in a row? I will never again use it in my entire life. I'm probably never going to be in that hotel again, or never in that hotel room again. But two nights in a row. Am I allowed to use it? So if you're talking about at the continental breakfast, so I'm going to take a plate today. When I come back the next morning and I take another plate, the chances are, the chances are, it's not the same plate. So that's a rye On each plate is derech a But if it's in my room, so maybe I could just keep swapping out, you know, uh, the plates not use the same plate twice. That to me sounds a little bit strange. I would have assumed that the definition of a rye and keva is not on the plate. It's on you that you shouldn't be using non-kosher plates in a keva kind of way. So if you're at the hotel for a few days in a row, and you just keep eating meals off of these non-kosher plates, even if you don't use the same plate twice, I would have imagined that that's already called derech keva, and that that might be a problem. If it's just one night, one time, one meal, that that would be, that would be fine. But I don't know. I couldn't find my brother in is learning. Uh, my brother-in-law is uh, Roshkolal in uh, Ramad Hashkol. And uh, he, uh, he told me they just finished learning Basavichalov for a year and a half so I asked him, Nus, how do you define aray and Keva? He said he doesn't know so uh, I don't know, if he doesn't know, I certainly don't know I'm not really sure exactly how the definition uh, how the definition works but that's the, uh, that would be the halacha as the, uh, the shach understands it okay